My Gay Expose podcast, currently sitting at number 17 of the top 200 best LGBTQ plus podcasts of all time. That's right, bitches. You didn't hear wrong. That is actual fact. I know I've mentioned this so many times on this very show. Living in San Francisco as a gay man is pretty much the exact same thing as, well, swimming in a sea of bottoms. So if you consider yourself a bottom just like me, what do you do to keep those tops running back to you and not swimming in a sea of, well, bottoms? Well, you're about to find out now. One of the things that I found challenging and to be honest with you, probably just a little annoying was educating all of my straight friends when I first came out of the closet of what it meant to be gay. But then once you feel like you've kind of educated your straight friends, then the question comes when you start dating, who's the man and who's the woman in the relationship? And I'm just gonna be honest, if one more goddamn person asks me that fucking question, I'm gonna lose my shit. But here's the thing, they don't know any better. So it's best to always educate them on what it means to be gay and how we can all embrace different aspects of being that gay person. But then once they feel like they kind of get a little bit more of a feel for who you are and what's going on, then they ask instead of the boy and the girl in the relationship, who's the top and who's the bottom? And they just automatically assume because you're the most feminine that you're at the bottom. But here's the thing, I am the bottom. And while we are trying so hard to overcome all of those stigmas and stereotypes about who's the top, who's the bottom, who's supposed to be feminine, who's supposed to be masculine. When I first moved to San Francisco, I was just shocked to discover that those stigmas and stereotypes about bottoms having to be the passive and feminine members of the group most certainly did not exist. That's right, you didn't hear me wrong. There are the most masculine and beefy and jockey ass guys who are the biggest bottoms of all time. So if you consider yourself a bottom, what do you do in your regularly everyday ritualistic routines to ensure that you could be the best possible bottom ever? So sit back, relax, put on that condom or pop your prep pill. And let's hop into my personal perspective and all the things that you should do I've learned over the course of my bottom years on being the best possible bossy bottom. You are now listening to My Gay Expose Podcast, a show that unperfectly describes what it's like when life has you fucked in the head while being fucked from behind. I'm Ronnie Washburn, a writer, 
LGBTQ plus community activist and podcast host who's based out of San Francisco, California. Washburn here, and welcome back to My Gay Expose podcast. And on this week's episode, we open up those cheeks wide and dive deep into the wonderful world of what it means to be the best bottom that you could possibly be. What it's like to live your life being a bottom, worrying about diet, douching, lube, sexual positions, and more. So what's it like to be a bottom? And what's it like to be a bottom and know that you have to go through the motions of living your ritualistic everyday routines, knowing that if you slip up on one thing, that that top will most certainly not come back for more. But first, before we decide on what type of lube that we want to buy this time in regards to something that won't stain our sheets or stay on your body after six showers. Let's hop into this week's re-expose. Welcome to this week's re-expose, the segment in which I take the time to reassess Re-examine, re-explain, restart over, or just re-say shit that I said in past episodes that either you didn't fully understand, I didn't fully understand, or once I re-listened through, I was like, oh God, what the fuck did I even say that shit for? That definitely merits a re-expose. And this week... Ugh, you know, sometimes, you guys, this gets just a little exhausting. Listen, there's all kinds of shit floating around about this whole Britney Spears conservatorship. Like, it's contrasting viewpoints, going back and forth. This is this and that is that. I'm just going to say one thing, and then we're just going to leave everything at that. What I state about the Free Britney movement, in my opinion, and what I feel should be going on in this specific situation is my viewpoint. And at the end of the day, it's all going to come out in the dirty laundry once it gets cleaned. And I'll probably be right. (laughs) But like, I really just don't need all kinds of hateful messages from people saying that a lot of the information that I stated merely as my opinion on last week's episode was unresearched not fact, etc. Okay, I don't know how many times I have to say this on this show, but if you don't like what I have to say about anything, then don't listen. It's as simple as that. I have plenty of loyal listeners and I don't need your hateful rhetoric. <laughs> and honestly, I really don't give a flying fuck. I just wanted to shut down multiple hateful messages in regards to the information I provided about 
last week's episode. And on that note, just free Britney. And that's it. And, you know, once again, in regards to hateful messages and or call-outs, I just don't understand why people have the gall to, you know, tell someone that they think they know better than someone else, especially when it comes to raising kids. Listen, I've worked for most of my life in restaurants where, where like, little burger-faced, like, dirty-ass kids climb all over the restaurant booths, run around the restaurant, throw things, and the parents are just sitting there drinking their martinis, pretending like none of it is occurring, while the rest of us look over at them and begin to judge, because why the fuck aren't they watching and handling their children? But listen, here's the thing. It's not my place to tell that woman that martini number five while your kid has just knocked down all the booster chairs that were stacked up in the corner. That's not me. That's not, I'm not going to do that, even though I most certainly have wanted to plenty of times in the past. And I don't appreciate any comments in regards to people telling me what they think I should be doing in regards to raising my son. I got a lot of shit for the, well, on two counts, the specific, um, Story I told in the Gay Walk of Shame archives where I talked about getting fucked on the couch while my son was in the next room. (laughs) And you know what? My son is perfectly fine, perfectly well-rounded, 14 years old, his little mind's developing, and I legitimately have done nothing to ever create any sort of anything that he potentially would be considered, you know, not brought up well or poison mind, etc., And on that note, when it comes to my son understanding and knowing that I write and talk on a weekly basis about explicit material, and he just so happens to know about that as well, that's none of your fucking business how I raise my son. And just remember that the next time you order martini number six and you can't find your kid all of a sudden. And that's it. So before we put that bottle of Pure for Men in our cart and decide to go to the checkout screen, stop what you're doing right now and go to your local store and just buy a tub of Metamucil. Want to know why? Well, you're about to find out. But first, let's hop into this week's Hot Gay Goss Exposé. Welcome to this week's Hot Gay Goss Exposé, where we try and find topics of conversation that one might find relevant and or pertinent to today's gay society, or just shit that I want to talk about, because it's my show. And you guys, I'm so fucking excited to officially announce right here, right now, on this show, I quit my job. That's right. You didn't hear wrong. I quit my job. And I'm going to be honest with you. This is probably the best decision that I've made in a very, 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 very long time. 
So I get to officially focus on all of my work, jump back into writing, and focus more on this show and my new show, coming out soon, known as Running Your Mouth with Ronnie. So stay tuned for that. And just as a side note, speaking of running your mouth for Ronnie, I know I announced it. We still haven't launched an official launch date just yet. We're still trying to find, like, finalize and wrap everything up and get things just solid, solidified, and set in stone. And, you know, if you... (laughs) I think I've mentioned this before, but if you know anything about me and I'm so beyond fucking excited about a project such as this, I can't keep my mouth shut. But my (laughs) advisement team has very, let's just say directly and very bluntly told me that I have to keep my mouth shut. And they're probably right. So I am so excited to announce the official launch date for Running Your Mouth with Ronnie. Coming soon. But now let's segue into another hot topic that's been, you know, kind of thrown around in the media in regards to, you know, what's happening in the world today. And this whole Delta variance thing is getting so fucking real. And I think it's, I don't want to say funny because I don't want to be insensitive to those who may have another viewpoint because it would be completely hypocritical for me to judge others for their specific viewpoints, aka religion, aka republicanism, aka not getting vaccined, vaccined, vaccinated. (laughs) But that's really what is going on here. LA County and San Francisco County officially put mask wearing indoors back on the table. I guess all the people who are unvaccinated are now dying and cases are spiking in regards to this whole Delta variance thing. You know, I just saw this thing the other day in like one this article that basically stated that most of the bars or I think maybe all of the bars in SF are about to make it a mandate to show proof of a double-marked CDC card when you go into a bar. A bar! It's fucking crazy. But here's the thing. This is just evolution and survival of the fittest at its best. This is what's going to separate, let's just say, the smart people from the fucking idiots. And that's all that I have to say about that. And on this week's RuPaul recap, uh, you guys, I just don't know what to do with this All-Stars 6 season. I'm just so not into it. And it's so hard for me because I am such a huge fan of any and all things RuPaul's Drag Race. And I love, love, love so many of the past queens and so many of the all-star seasons of the past have just been the biggest names out there. And this cast continues to just flatline for me. I'm just having a really hard time getting into this season. And like I said, most of these queens were eliminated super early in their seasons or just are mediocre at best. And honestly, The show, the way it's going so far, really just hasn't shown me anything or 
made me feel any sort of excitement like I once did in an All-Stars season two, three, or four, for example. Even shit, even five. So I'm just, I think that Rue is just spread so thin these days with, you know, stocking up in producing Canada and the UK and Spain and Australia and God knows wherever else she's planning on doing another show. And it's like, just when season 13 ends, All-Star 6 comes out. I just think the (laughs) the bitch needs a break. Just focus on good content. I'm really hoping for something that's coming soon. And I still don't have a fucking clue who's going to win or who's even going to be in the top three. Because every single week, whoever won, like, is in the bottom the next. And vice versa. And I just have no clue. And maybe, just maybe, that is the premise of this All-Stars Season 6. And that's all I got for that this week because I'm just over it and I don't want to be. So let's just hope that Rue is about to unpack some of her fucking good shit that she's just so well known for. So before we get my gay expose on this week's topic of conversation that just so happens to have a very bossy bottom undertone, first, let's get your gay expose. And this week, the question was asked to a few of my friends, as well as you, the listeners. To all my bottoms out there, what is the one thing that you love most about being a bottom? And what's the one thing that you could do without? So let's get those answers now. Michael says, what I like most about being a bottom. Um, I think the answer here is the most obvious answer. I just like taking dick up my ass. But what I could do without is all of the preparation that one has to go through in order just to go over to a guy's house to have sex. Alan says, This is actually a really good question. And on that note, I'd like to promote the idea of straight men at least trying to get fucked once in their life. Because if you've never experienced a dick up your ass, then you're not living. Timothy says, I pretty much never bottom. In fact, I think I've only bottomed maybe three or four times in my life. And You actually know for a fact that I don't bottom, wink, wink. Uh, Here we go again. (laughs) Peter says, I love dick. So to be honest with you, getting it up my ass is a plus. But what I hate most about being a bottom is that uncertainty and sometimes nervous feeling each time I have sex, not knowing if there's going to be a messy situation following. Gavin says, I have a love-hate relationship with being a bottom. On one hand, I love having dicks shoved up my ass. 
But on another hand, being a bottom is hard because there's so much work involved in order to hook up, douching, cleaning out, eating right, etc. Well, Gavin, we'll be going over many of these things in this week's episode, so stay tuned. <laughs> Raymond says, not being 100% confident that I'm going to shit on a dick. <laughs> well, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> David says, I'm usually into guys that really just want to hit it and quit it, so to speak. So oftentimes, one of the things I think I have to say I don't like most about being a bottom is feeling that sense of being just used by a guy. I mean, in a weird way, I kind of like being used by a guy. <laughs> Kevin says, I think that all guys who consider themselves to be total tops have to at least at one point in their lives shove at least some kind of a toy up their ass just to know what it's like to actually get fucked buy a dick or have something shoved up your ass and just feel that feeling because that's what I love most about being a bottom. Mark says, I like being a bottom because I like being desired by tops who are coming at me in a very predatory way and it just makes me feel good in my mind. But what I could do without is all of those tops who come and just want to get dressed right after and I'm looking at them like, why did you not help me get off? I still haven't come yet. <laughs> and I've covered this specific topic in multiple episodes, so I hear you. Devin says, I wish more guys would actually veer away from labels and not say that they're just a top or not say that they're just a bottom and be a little bit more open-minded and do the verse thing. Because after all, having sex the same way every single time with a fuck buddy can get a little boring. Well, I'd like to play devil's advocate here and say that if you move to San Francisco, Devin, you'd find that there is a lot more open-mindedness when it comes to sex here in the city. And that's actually one of the reasons why I love living in San Francisco most. Cameron says, one of the things I hate most about being a bottom is when you go through the motions of hitting on another guy and then finding out that they're a bottom too. Ben says, sometimes I think that I could bottom more, but then when I think about all the preparation involved, I realize that topping is just way easier. Porter says, I enjoy bottoming more than topping because I like to get manhandled and roughed up when it comes to having sex. And sure, this can happen when you get a bossy bottom, but let's just be honest, bossy bottoms are really hard to find. Um, I have my hand up right now, right here, bossy bottom right here. <laughs> uh, I'm taking applications, by the way. <laughs> Peter says, actually, since you're talking about 
what you like or don't like about being a bottom. I'll tell you what I don't like about being a top. When that bottom doesn't clean himself out and I stick it in and pull out a surprise. This is what makes me actually want to be a bottom so that I can show all the other bottoms out there how it's done. Except for the person that I would be showing how it's done wouldn't be a bottom, it would be a top. Kyle says, girl, if anyone knows you, know that I'm most certainly not a bottom. <laughs> this bitch is calling me out. Daniel says, I think one of the things that I enjoy most about being a bottom, and as weird as this might sound, is the fact that when a top's inside me, it's the whole mindset of knowing that without my ass, he would not be enjoying himself near as much as if he were home masturbating. <laughs> what a crazy and bizarre answer. <laughs> Michael number two said, you know that I don't bottom. <laughs> Why is everybody calling me fucking out? Okay, I promise you guys, I have not slept with the entire city. Like, pretty close, but not the whole city. <laughs> Josh said, Sometimes it's hard for me because I usually prefer to bottom, but because I have such a big dick, I generally get guys who are bottoms who want me to fuck them because my dick is so big. It's just so hard. Bitch, <laughs> are you complaining about having a big dick? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Washburn here and allow me to be a bossy bottom for just one moment and give you my advice or my guidelines based on all of my vast slutty and over-the-top experiences in regards to what it means to be the best bottom that you could possibly be and bottoms listen up out there because if you're not or unaware of any of the things that I'm about to reveal in this episode, you need to get it together and be the best bottom that you could possibly be. Because after all, if you are, you know you're going to get that top running, not just walking, but running back for more. So here are the many things that I've done, experienced, learned, or just recommend doing if you want to be the best bottom that you could possibly be. So let's get into it. First up, we've got what you should eat and what you should avoid eating in regards to basically making sure or ensuring that you have a complete and entire clean bill of health when it comes to penetration in the bedroom. Listen, if you're a bottom, I know that at least once in your life you have had that oopsie daisy moment, that time where you thought that you were going to be clean and once he stuck it in, he pulled out and there was 
either a little residue, a little more residue than you would like, or there was just a full-on horrifying oopsie-daisy moment. And chances are is that if you listen to this show and have heard several of my past episodes, you've definitely heard that I have absolutely had some of the most mortifying oopsie-daisy moments in all <laughs> or many of my Gay Walk of Shame archives. I have <laughs> several that I just recently felt comfortable enough with talking about on the show because I just don't even give a flying fuck anymore. If I can help one person figure out how to avoid all of this, then I've done my job. But basically, point one for making sure that you don't have that oopsie-daisy moment is having a healthy diet. So if you actually just eat right, chances are you really don't have to worry about doing anything else. A lot of bottoms think that they actually have to douche each and every time they have sex. But we'll get into douching just a little bit later. Sometimes douching actually isn't very good for you. And we'll go into all of those things later. But what I recommend is basically just eat a healthy diet with lots of fiber. And sure, you know, it's one thing to say that you do eat healthy, but let's just be honest with ourselves. There are so many times that we, you know, fall a little short in regards to having those cheat days. And honestly, if you're not eating like 100% of the time healthy consistently with XYZ amount of fiber in your diet, then you're susceptible to having that horrific oopsie daisy moment. So, and also here's the thing, a lot of people think that if they eat this way, that they'll be fine. But the problem is, is most people who consider themselves to have said healthy diet is that they don't actually get enough fiber to ensure that it's the full-on 100% healthy diet that a bottom can rely on in the bedroom. So how do you get to a place where you can just know that all you have to do is hop in the shower, clean out your hole a little bit, and you're good to go without the worry or even thought of douching? So there are all kinds of fiber supplements out there, like um, Pure for Men. There's a couple of them that are like the same idea. And basically, truth be told, I've actually tried Pure for Men specifically. And I'll just say that even though I took these pills every single day obsessively on a regular basis, I actually did have one specific oopsie-daisy moment when I thought that I was actually not going to have a situation because I was taking these fucking pills. And just for the record, Pure for Men is fucking expensive. So the fact that I dished out that amount of money for a supplement only to have that oopsie-daisy moment kind of just pissed me off. But here's what I learned, and here is my My Gay Expose podcast little PSA tip and trick for this specific topic of conversation to go in the bedroom fully confident without douching. What you should do is buy Metamucil. That's right. 
You didn't hear wrong. I said bimetamucil. And basically, this is a product that's a powder form that I personally take twice a day, once in the morning and once at night. And what this does is it basically does the exact same thing as all of this expensive ass pure for men bullshit and completely grabs every single particle in your stomach and just pushes it all out each time. You use the restroom. So this shit is actually designed for older people who are like over the age of like 64 or some shit. And they actually can't use the restroom. They're like having constipation problems. I guess when you get that old, it's harder to use the restroom sometimes. So that's actually what Metamucil was designed for. And I have to say, standing in the long ass line at Walgreens in the Castro district of San Francisco, where 98% of the population is a gay man and having all the people in line looking at you holding that tub of Metamucil and them just knowing that's what it's for <laughs> is kind of embarrassing. But to be honest, I really just don't give two flying fucks. But go out and buy yourself some Metamucil because it's like just shy of like $20 and lasts so long, far longer than any other pure for men or any other type of fiber supplementation bullshit. Just fuck all that shit and buy a big ass tub of Metamucil and it will last you till the end of time. Just take my word for it. It's just way more efficient, way more reliable. And honestly, I mean, when I'm on it pretty regularly, I almost 100% of the time can confidently just know that I'm not going to have any sort of residue and or oopsie daisy moment. So go out and get your tub of Metamucil now. And as far as being the best bottom that you can be in regards to what you should not be eating, basically starches, sugary items, and the biggest offender of all time, dairy. If you're anything like me, and to be honest with you, I am and kind of always have been just slightly lactose intolerant, but I just love cheese more than anything in this world. I've always said that I would almost always completely strip fully naked and just roll around in a vat of nacho cheese. Like you put nacho cheese on anything and I will drop my pants and bend over for you because that's how much I love that nacho cheese. But I mean, obviously it's not good for you if you want to be a clean bottom, especially if you're lactose intolerant. And to be honest with you, Scientists are finding out more and more that dairy is just not really meant for the human body. Many of the cancers and diseases and things that we encounter in our lives are resulted from, resulted, I just said resulted, are a result <laughs> from dairy. So just cut it out of your diet altogether if you're able. I try really hard to, but then there's always that Nachos Bell Grande every time I walk by that Taco Bell. <laughs> and speaking of Taco Bell, that is most certainly the worst thing to eat before going to a bottom situation and is actually one specific story that I have where I actually had a full-on Taco Bell meal. Ended up going over to a guy's place, was a little nervous, but ended up 
being completely clean. So, I mean, you can never fully predict when this will and won't be a thing. But the other thing I will say that I've experienced and learned over the years that is a big offender in regards to potentially, you know, having that oopsie daisy moment in the bedroom is alcohol. That's right, folks. Alcohol is definitely something that fucks up not only your digestive tract, your stomach and everything in between, but most certainly will ensure that there is the potential for an oopsie daisy moment. Trust me, I've been there far too many times. Just don't get wasted and go out for a hookup like I do almost every single time I go out for a hookup. <laughs> but if you're anything like me and you want or try really hard to have that healthy diet, but you just fall short. And whenever you go over to that guy's place, you just want to make sure that you're clean and you don't want to have said oopsie daisy moment. Well, we have to get to that whole notion of douching and all the different types of douching that one can take. But here's the thing. I've learned over the course of my bottom life that there are so many different aspects and things that you should be paying attention to in regards to the douching process. So let's go over some of those things now. There are so many different types of equipment involved with douching or paraphernalia or whatever the fuck you wanna call them. Basically, there's a few different options in regards to what you should select when douching. When I first caught wind of douching all those years ago, when I was a newly out, little gay, naive bottom, I learned that it was something that I had to do. And honestly, like, I'll never forget those first moments of going to the grocery store and being so terrified of anyone in that store seeing that I had that in my hand because it was pretty obvious why I was buying <laughs> that shit. And going to the store just to get one of those little fleet brand douches and knowing that that's the only thing I wanted to get, found myself getting all these different things like energy drinks, beef jerky, chips, like just, just to make it look like I'm just grabbing a bunch of shit because I don't want anyone for one moment to just know that the only reason why I'm there is because I'm about to go get fucked. <laughs> But I learned the hard way that the best way to use these saline laxative brand douches is to actually just dump all that shit out and put warm water in the actual tube. That's right, folks. If you, for some reason, didn't know this, which I think we all pretty much unanimously know this, I think, at least a few of my friends and I have had this conversation at least once or twice, but that other stuff is basically meant for people who are having a hard time using the restroom. And let's just face it, this is one of those situations where we're not doing it for that. We're doing it because we just want to clean ourselves out. And sometimes that solution will actually end up pulling things out of your body that you probably don't want. And the process could be just a little bit more involved. So just dump out that shit and just put warm water in the tube. Other people, I've actually heard that this, <laughs> I heard this story from one of my friends, basically how he went on 
like a business trip or some shit. And he just so happened to forget to pack his like portable douche that he brings with him. Like the rectal syringe or whatever the hell they call it. You know, the little bags where you, um, you know, do it yourself or it's like they're reusable or whatever. He just so happened to forget that. And so he said he went down to the vending machine at the hotel that he checked into, grabbed a water bottle and used a fucking water bottle to douche. I'm just like, what? <laughs> Never fucking heard of that shit before. But apparently you can use a water bottle to douche just for the record. Learning new things. But side note, one of my friends actually told me once, I actually just got a random text for, from him. He was at the airport and he had just so happened to bring his rectal syringe or like douchebag with him. <laughs> and I guess, you know how you like randomly get selected at the airport to get searched, like your luggage gets searched. So I guess they like pulled his bag and they pulled everything out and in front of this big long line. They just like pulled his douche out and he's just standing there with all these people behind him watching the airport people pull out this big black douche. <laughs> oh God, can you imagine? It's so funny. But one of the biggest things that people I don't think understand about douching is that most people actually over douche. That's right, folks. If you're anything like me who wants more of a permanent situation in regards to douching itself, then you buy the shower douche attachment. That's right, folks. It lies in my shower just in case I need to hit that, you know, if I'm feeling like I just need a little extra clean. But, you know, honestly, the Metamucil does its job pretty well. But a little douching never hurt anyone. But in regards to overdouching, the shower douche, which I think is the most common, I'm, I'm guessing, at least I think so. I see them in guys' showers often, so I would just assume that this is kind of a normal thing. But because the pressure from this specific shower douche sometimes is a little more intense than most guys I think are prepared for or like their bodies are prepared for, this tends to get a little bit higher up in there. And as a result, causes that overdouching situation. And if you listen along to the show and you remember a couple of weeks ago when I was opening wide those gay walk of shame archives and I was referencing that first time that I had experienced the overdouching and the guy was like fucking me from behind. And suddenly this big, I looked around at this big stream of water that was just like this brown sewage water on his crisp white duvet cover was there. And it was a lot. So this was a perfect example of me actually over-douching. And I guess some of the water was just all up in the upper part of my intestines or abdomen or whatever. And when the guy was fucking me aggressively, it just released that. And so the next moment saw the most horrifying stream of water that was brown on his white duvet. And I was absolutely fucking mortified. But... This is common. So my advice to you, if you are going to use the shower douche, is less is more. Also be careful with the shower douche because if you over douche or overdo it, so to speak, you basically are a little bit more susceptible to STDs, HIV, and you can honestly, like apparently 
dehydrate. I think it's like your something in your body. You can get dehydrated by over douching some organ or another or whatever. So my little under-researched My Gay Expose PSA for douching is less is more. Another thing a lot of people recommend when you want to be the best bottom that you could possibly be is dilation. Now here's the thing. I'm not the biggest fan of dilation in general. Like, I just don't really partake or do it. So, I, and again, I don't know if this is just subject to me specifically, but I've been told so many times throughout my life that my ass just so happens to be a little bit tighter than the norm. And now that I think about it, maybe the rest of the bottom world is actually doing these dilation practices. And maybe because I'm not, that's why my ass is so tight. But I honestly think that genetically or just the way that I was born made me, I guess, just a little bit more tighter than the norm because I've had, like I said, tons of guys tell me that my ass is super tight, like tighter than normal in a very positive way on their behalf, so to speak. But again, this is probably why I get a lot of repeat customers. But also, I had a boyfriend who um, basically, like, he was uncut. And so he said that, like, his head was super sensitive because he was one of those guys that had, like, a lot of foreskin where it kind of covered over his entire head for the most part. So his head was just a little bit more sensitive, I think, than you know, it should be if you were cut, so to speak. But basically, he said that each time that he entered my ass, it would pull back his foreskin. And he said it would be painful because my ass was so tight for the first, like, moments of entry. Now, keep in mind, he said he thoroughly enjoyed himself after the fact. But that first point of entry was always something that he had to, like, grit his teeth for to get through. So, when he told me that, I was kind of like, okay, well, maybe I can do my due diligence and try my best to maybe dilate myself each time I go through the motions of knowing that I'm potentially going to have sex with him. So what I started doing, <laughs> this is such a poor example of what you should do if you want to dilate yourself, but I have this huge, like super thick eight inch dildo that I bought from a sex store. And it was one of the ones where you like can stick it on the wall or the floor or whatever so that you can like, you know, do your thing with it or whatever. So what I started doing each time I showered is I started putting it up against the wall and I would take my little bottle of poppers in the shower. And as I showered myself off, I went through the motions of putting that dildo up my ass, hoping that it would stretch me out just a little bit before I would go over to my boyfriend's house and have sex. But my boyfriend actually revealed that it didn't help. It was still super tight. So I, long story short, the dilation thing for me just didn't work. So I know we've all experienced that moment, especially your first time bottoming when you first Go down on that dick and it just hurts so bad. But ladies and gentlemen, this is why I recommend more than anything else in this world, poppers. That's right, folks. I recommend a handy bottle of poppers, especially if you're going to go over to that guy's house and he just so happens to be super big. 
And on that note, <laughs> I, like, listen, you've had that enormous monster-sized cock for your entire life. So you know that when you have a guy come over to sit on that dick, that you better actually fucking have a bottle of poppers on that nightstand with no questions asked. And you've got to be fucking kidding me. If you think that I believe that this has never come up in conversation, because I don't buy it. Like, if there's anything that you need to take away from this episode in any way, shape, or form, if you want to just throw everything else that I say out the window, poppers are a bottom's best friend. Just trust me. <laughs> and now let's talk about lube. Anal lube. Listen, there's so many different types and variations of lube out there. And to be honest with you, I really like each one that is good almost always has some kind of negative aspect about it. I mean, there's really not one that I could honestly say that I prefer over another. I mean, we have silicone, which is super messy, stains your sheets, and is like you have to take like fucking five showers in order to get that shit off your body. So there's that. And then there's the oil-based lubes, which I honestly kind of prefer, especially when you're barebacking, which let's just be honest with ourselves. If you're not barebacking these days and you're not on prep or you are, you know, undetectable, where the fuck are you? Because nobody wears condoms anymore. And I'm not saying don't wear condoms. I'm saying just get your shit together and go get on prep. And then... You don't have to wear condoms. But honestly, at least in San Francisco, the stigma and stereotype, and when you go into any hookup, I almost never see condoms anymore. Just for the record. But oil-based lubes, the downside to them is not only do they stain sheets as well, but they also aren't safe if you are wearing condoms. So in other words, if you find yourself having to wear condoms, don't use oil-based lubes. And then there's like the water shit, which I mean, let's just be honest with ourselves. You have to like put that shit in like at, like six times before you finish having sex. And who wants to stop every five fucking seconds to re-lube up when you're going to town on a bottom? Am I, am I wrong? And then, then there's this new lube that I was just recently introduced to. It's actually probably not new, but it was new to me. But my boyfriend, of course, out of all the people in this world, knows exactly what this fucking shit is. It's like a powder lube, a lube that's used for fisting. Of course, my fucking boyfriend knows all about what this shit is. But then, like, it <laughs> basically found its way somehow on my nightstand and I found myself with all these fucking little stringy ass things going from my hand to my dick in every which way and in my mouth and all. And it was just nasty fucking shit. Do you guys know what I'm fucking talking about? You know this shit, right? So I'm just a little weirded out about this powdered, like, I guess meant for fisting, loop. <laughs> And in my opinion, when it comes to sexual positions from a bottom's perspective, the best ways to go, for me at least, are riding a dick when a guy's on his back and being fucked from behind. And those are the only two positions that I will do in a hookup. And missionary position, I pretty much only do with guys I'm into or dating or 
boyfriends. That's it. Because it's just a little bit more, I guess, intimate. But like the side fuck is honestly like my least favorite. And I often find myself while the guy's doing it, like kind of like, okay, um, I just want to reach around, flip over and just ride that dick. <laughs> and how can I get to that position? Because apparently he's enjoying himself just a little too much while I'm laying on my side. Most of all, we have the bottom stigma and stereotype. There's the whole masculine and feminine aspect. And for the most part, over the course of the years, bottoms are almost always pegged as being the feminine and passive partner in the sexual encounter. But I'm here to tell you, I am the biggest, bossiest bottom ever. That's right, folks. Um, surprise, <laughs> or it should be no surprise if you've listened to this show at any point. <laughs> I'm a fucking bossy ass bottom. And my actual boyfriend right now pretty much almost always tops. And I pretty much almost always bottom. And I pretty much almost always completely and entirely dominate the entire sexual experience. And that's the way I think we both prefer it. So all of this like dominant, aggressive, passive, like whatever the fuck can all go out the door. Tops and bottoms are actually not the stereotypes that we all think they are. There's actually this is fucking meme that I saw the other day. It was like, um, bottoms in 2021 and it had like this these two dudes like that were shirtless next to each other and one was like this big beefy jock like six foot two guy and the other one was this little tiny twink and like was standing next to him and was just like as tall as the other guy's shoulder and the big beefy guy was labeled bottom and the little twinkie was labeled top and that actually to be honest with you guys is like the dynamic of what we're seeing with tops and bottoms in today's gay society. And honestly, San Francisco has really opened my eyes to how that stigma and stereotype about what you think a bottom is, is most certainly not the truth, just for the record. So, and, and also, if you want to be the best bottom that you can be, you should probably work out that ass because tops love a fat ass. And you're not going to have that fat ass like I have if you don't work that ass out. So you should run, do butt squats, do whatever it is that you need to basically exercise that ass to the best of your abilities so that that guy that sees you in a bar across the room looks at your butt and goes, I wanna get in between those cakes. And with that, that's pretty much all I have aside from, you know, having the occasional moment where you actually want to hook up with a guy because he's hot, find out he's a bottom, and what do you do? Because you're a bottom too. But don't worry, there's always a double-sided dildo. Also, just as a side note, if you're just like out and about and you're just not quite sure if things will be clean or not clean, the best way to go is to always keep a little thing of Imodium AD in 
your bag or car or wherever. Because when you pop that pill, it's pretty much an anti-diarrheal, which means if you don't have diarrhea, your regular bowel movement will be stopped by the formula. And that translates to the potential of there not being that oopsie daisy moment. <laughs> I'll never forget the first time I was like, like kind of told about this. I was actually at a uh, like little weekend getaway with a few friends. There was like eight of us guys. And I think we were all bottoms and we were all at dinner. And, and one of my friends just busted out the emodium and just kind of passed it around the table because we were all going out that night. So we're having dinner, eating pasta, which is probably something you shouldn't be having if you're planning on bottoming for the evening. But we all partook in our emodium and went about our evening in the way that we saw fit. And I think a few of us actually ended up bottoming. I know I did. <laughs> I think I did. I mean, it was kind of a hazy night. Yeah, we'll just go with that. <laughs> so what do we learn today, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, gays and straights, tops or bossy bottoms, transgender and questioning? Well, I hope that we learned a whole hell of a lot more on what it means to be the best possible bottom that you could be. And my hope is that you will take my advice because trust and believe that I've been through so many different situations and scenarios and just have learned almost always the hard way that these are the things that a bottom should do in order to be that best possible bottom and keep that top coming back for more. And with that, let's subscribe, rate, and review to Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, and don't forget to turn on those notifications so that you can catch each and every My Gay Expose podcast episode right when it drops. Follow on Instagram at Exposing My Gay. And don't forget to check out my website, which includes my blog, A Gay in the Life of Ronnie, as well as all of my written work at RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com. And don't forget to join us next week for another messy, salacious, and relatable episode with me, Exposing My Gay. I'm Ronnie Washburn, and I will douche just a little bit more with you Next time.